When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got more awards to give. Huge congratulations to this year's nominees. And the bubble is about to burst. Thank you for joining us in our bubble. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend. Happy April Fool's Day, Friday, April 1st through Sunday, April 3rd. We are counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Oscars producer Will Packer says Los Angeles police were on the scene and prepared to arrest Will Smith after he slapped Chris Rock on stage had Rock chosen to press charges. But in an interview that aired Friday on Good Morning America, Packer says Rock was, quote, very dismissive of doing that, explaining they were saying this is battery, the word they used in that moment. They said, we will go get him. We are prepared to get him right now. You can press charges. We can arrest him. They were laying out the options. And Packer added that Rock insisted he was fine. And despite some reports, Packer also told GMA that he did not speak to Smith directly at all on Oscar Sunday. Check back to EW.com for more on Packer's GMA interview. Captain America and Black Widow are back together again. Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson have set their next joint cinematic adventure after years of playing opposite each other in Disney's Marvel movies. The pair are set to star in a new film, Project Artemis, which was just acquired by Apple in a highly competitive situation. Ozark star Jason Bateman, who previously directed episodes of his hit Netflix show and HBO's The Outsider, as well as films Bad Words and The Family Fang, will direct. Plot details are largely being kept under wraps, though reports say the movie is set against the space race. We'll have to wait a little longer for the return of everyone's favorite bearded Jedi Master. Disney is pushing the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere date back by two days, and the much-anticipated series will now debut Friday, May 27th. Ewan McGregor's return to a galaxy far, far away was originally scheduled to debut on Disney Plus on May 25th, the 45th anniversary of when the original Star Wars hit theaters in 1977. Now it will drop in the middle of Star Wars Celebration, the massive fan convention that runs May 26th through 29th in Anaheim, California. Your favorite special agents will be back for more cases. CBS has renewed all three NCIS franchises, the long-running flagship series NCIS and its spinoffs NCIS Los Angeles and NCIS Hawaii for another season. NCIS will return for a milestone 20th season, making it one of the longest-running primetime dramas on TV. Los Angeles will return for season 14, while freshman drama Hawaii will return for season 2. And Foo Fighters have canceled their performance at this weekend's Grammy Awards following the death of longtime drummer Taylor Hawkins. The Grammy-winning rock band previously canceled all of their remaining tour dates earlier this week, citing the, quote, staggering loss of Hawkins, who died unexpectedly on March 25th at the age of 50 during the group's tour in Bogota, Colombia. 
A cause of death has not yet been announced, but the Colombian Attorney General's office reported that multiple drugs had been found in Hawkins' system at the time of his death. For more on those stories, plus other news reviews, interviews, and so much more, head on over to EW.com. A time of isolation, no human contact, and the fear of death imminent at every turn. Shockingly, we're not talking about the COVID-19 pandemic, but a prehistoric time when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Or maybe for our number five pick, both? It's the premiere of The Bubble. The new Netflix film, written and directed by Judd Apatow, follows a group of actors and actresses who are attempting to film Cliff Beasts 6, a movie about flying dinosaurs. Their major roadblock? They're stuck in a pandemic bubble. With testing, face masks, and shields galore, can this team pull it off in the end? Here's a preview. We're almost at the nest. That sounds like a baby crying for its mama. Now that was a great take. Welcome to the start of production of Cliff Beast 6. Thank you for joining us in our bubble. Please make sure you're wearing proper PPE. Physical touch is, of course, off the table. <laughs> so I would recommend making sweet eyes at each other. I'll show you what that looks like. This is so exciting. It's like my movie posters have come to life. You will soon learn to hate these people. We are one of two movies in production right now. If we fail, the studio is going to go down. I'm not a magician. I know you're not a magician. If you were a magician, you'd pull a movie out of your ass. Oh my God, it's Minnie Driver. Oh, I love her. This movie is going to make the world forget about all their problems. Yeah! What we're doing is edgy. Yeah! It's real. Crystal just did a TikTok with a dinosaur. Hey guys, I don't feel so good. Some of you tested positive for influenza. Lauren! <laughs> Think something's up with Lauren. Which is the good virus? <laughs> Should we be concerned about, you know, this level of vomit. Well, the film stars Fred Armisen, Keegan-Michael Key, Pedro Pascal, and Apatow's real-life family, wife Leslie Mann, and daughter Iris Apatow. You can catch all the T-Rex fights and temperature checks on the premiere of The Bubble, streaming now on Netflix. We have liftoff on our number four pick this weekend, Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood. The latest film from Boyhood director Richard Linklater goes back to Houston, Texas in the summer of 1969, telling the story of the first moon landing through the eyes of a kid named Stanley. Half of the film follows Stanley's boyhood fantasy. Two NASA officials recruit him to land on the moon, while the other half serves as a snapshot of American life in the 1960s. Part coming-of-age story, part space-age adventure, and entirely animated in the style of Linklater's Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly, Apollo 10.5 is a warm and personal look back from one of our finest filmmakers. Here's a bit of the trailer. Mission? For what? We accidentally built the lunar module. 
a little too small. How'd that happen? Listen, are you good at math? Yeah. Do you get a perfect 100 on every test? No. Okay. We need a kid like you to test this accidentally smaller version on the lunar surface and soon. Stan, you're our only hope. Okay. Great. Let's forget about all this for now. We'll come back to this part later. First, let me tell you about life back then. Living in the Houston area in the late 60s, it was a great time and place to be a kid. Awesome! But the world was changing and so was how we saw ourselves in it. Right on. <laughs> Mom, is that one a hippie? Yeah, yeah, that's a hippie. How about that one? No, his hair's not long enough. But he's wearing bell bottoms. Okay, that's a hippie. I think I like hippies. That voice cast you just heard includes Glenn Powell and Zachary Levi as the NASA agents and Jack Black as the adult Stanley who narrates the movie. You can blast off with Apollo 10 and a half on Netflix right now. It's trivia time. Richard Linklater is currently at work on a film adaptation of what Stephen Sondheim musical starring Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein? Is it Company? Merrily We Roll Along, or Sunday in the Park with George? Stick around for the answer. All right, let's saddle up for our number three pick this weekend, the new spy thriller Slow Horses. The Apple Show stars Dunkirk's Jack Loudon as River Cartwright, a promising young MI5 agent who's banished across town to the dumping ground Slow House Department after making a serious mistake at work. There, River joins a ragtag team of agents under the slovenly and ruthless, though maybe also brilliant, Jackson Lamb, played by Gary Oldman. Together, they will navigate the smoke and mirrors of the espionage world to defend England from sinister forces. Here's a preview. Slow house is like prison. You're not supposed to ask what you're in for. I actually want to be useful. I could not be more bored if I tried. You probably know how many people have made it back from Slough House to upstairs here at Regent's Park. Bringing you up the speeds like trying to explain Norway to a dog. None. Come check this out. Hostage. He's being held here. There is something finally happening. What has it got to do with you? Whatever's going on will be handled by the real agents. I get it, we're just slow horses. I've got one lead, but I have to follow up. You're gonna help me? Oh no, I'm not. Like it or not, Slough House is part of this now. What do you think you're playing at? I didn't mean to kill him. Of course you didn't. If you meant to kill him, he'd still be alive. Uh, did we mention that this show was funny? It honestly wouldn't be a true spy thriller without some good quips, after all. And as you can probably tell, much of the humor comes from Oldman's character, who, among his other qualities, is a rather flatulent person. EW's Clark Collis recently spoke to Oldman and Loudon about the fine art of fart acting. I don't know if this is an appropriate question to ask an Oscar winner, but what's the what's the secret to great fart acting? Well, you need an audience. You know, you've got to have someone who can react. Uh, <laughs> it's think, a company yeah, thing. It's a company yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's, um, what is it? It's probably just, it's just the raising of this slight, raising of the cheek. Oh, don't give it away too much, though. No, I've got no, I've got no, I've got to give it away. No, <laughs> and then 
you, 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 it's a series of gestures. You mime, mm. and then uh, and then you hand it over to uh, the sound department. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I actually had a conversation, a text conversation with the director, having seen the very final cut, the final sound mix of the series. And I did write to him, and I said, Really good fart choices. Oh, Clark, asking the important questions as always. You can see those fart choices on display in the first two episodes of Slow Horses, streaming now on Apple TV+. If you are looking for some family-friendly viewing this weekend, the new movie musical Better Nate Than Ever drops today on Disney+, Plus, following a middle school student and his best friend Libby as they sneak away to pursue their Broadway dreams in New York. But if you want yet another recommendation, we recently called up Aria Brooks, who plays Libby, to ask her... What you watching? So right now I'm watching Raising Dion on Netflix. Oh my gosh, I love this show. It is so amazing. The sci-fi, the comedy at times, the drama is just very well written and a very balanced show that keeps me in and wanting the next episode. The little plot twist at the end of every episode definitely help that and the big plot twist in the end. It's just, it makes you want to know what happens next and I love that in any show that I'm watching. I love the mother-son dynamic between Dion and his mom because it's very, it's like normal, the normal obstacles that a parent and their child will face, but he also has powers and that's thrown in the mix. And one of my favorite things about this show is the fact that it has black leads. It has like, it's like diverse, like you don't have to be black to watch it and to enjoy it, but you can appreciate the representation of different races. And it's just truly an amazing show. Highly recommend, family oriented. So it gives you that comfort feeling. And it's definitely my comfort show right now. Gotta say, you should definitely check out the second season of Raising Dion if you missed it when it dropped in February. Again, you can find that streaming on Netflix. All right, stay tuned. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are coming up. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. It may not seem like it, but Top Gun Maverick is, in fact, coming to theaters. The wait will be just a little bit longer as the long-awaited Top Gun sequel is set to land on May 27th. That's just next month, you guys. But a new trailer for the movie arrived this week, and it gives us our soundbite of the week. Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. 
With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Ah, I love it so much, and aerial acrobatics sure are one way to teach new pilots. You can check out that full trailer, it is so good, over at EW.com. We're taking a trip across the pond for the series premiere of The Outlaws, our number two pick this weekend. The new Amazon Prime video comedy series comes from the co-creator of The Office UK and follows a group of seven strangers, all individuals who have committed crimes. They're put together to help clean up and revive a wrecked community center with very little resources. When a mysterious bag full of cash miraculously appears, though, it's up to the group of ragtag outlaws to figure out what to do and how to stay out of the trouble. Here's a preview. Attention! You will repay your debt to society by working the number of hours mandated by the court. Why were you in prison? It was a misunderstanding. Grandpa misunderstood that you can't forge signatures on checks. Mm. Ah! You have been tasked with restoring this into a community center during cleanup duty, if you find a deceased animal over 10 kilos, do not touch it. Anything under 10 kilos, that is yours. Can we keep it? No, you may not. What's your first impressions of our little gang? Everyone's a type. You've got your right-wing blowhard, left-wing militant, celebutant, shifty old-timer, and whatever the hell he is. What type am I? The bad boy. What type are you? Studious Asian good girl. You're not considering keeping us money. We found it. We're entitled to it. Sorry, are you citing the legal precedent finders, keepers, losers, weepers? You find my money and whoever took it, I want a head on a spike. We could use this money to do something real. We're standing here in a moment where everything about our lives could change. Christopher Walken, Stephen Merchant, and Rianne Barreto star in this British comedy thriller. Tune in to the series premiere of The Outlaws, streaming now on Amazon Prime Video. Music's Biggest Night is here. Our number one pick for the weekend is the 64th Grammy Awards. Now, these awards were originally set to take place in January in Los Angeles, but they were postponed due to the Omicron variant. Now, the live broadcast will take place in Las Vegas, and there's set to be a stacked list of stars performing, with comedian Trevor Noah back as host for the second time. Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, Lil Nas X with Jack Harlow, and many more will all be performing the hits that made them Grammy nominees. Rapper and Best New Artist nominee Sweetie discussed with the Recording Academy how she felt when she found out she was nominated for the first time and why she's excited to attend these awards. I'm definitely excited to see her because her is from the Bay Area and she's black and Filipino like me, so. I think it'd just be cool to see her perform, and I love watching her play instruments. When I found out I was nominated, 
think I like walked to the mirror and I was like, is this happening? Cause sometimes I like talk to myself in the mirror for like a prep talk. And I'm like, girl, you are Grammy nominated. But it's one thing to like make the team, but it's another thing to win. So I was excited, but I know that there's just so much more work to put in. So my team was kind of disappointed because they wanted to like pop champagne bottles and I just want to go to the studio. <laughs> I felt grateful. I think it's nice to be acknowledged for all the hard work. Me and my team work like crazy hours. I know they think I'm crazy and I really appreciate them for just supporting me, giving me love and encouragement because our artists, we definitely need that. Could not agree more. On EW's Awardist podcast, Entertainment Weekly editor Jason Lamfier and critic at large Leah Greenblatt discussed who they think could and should take home the prize for Album of the Year. The nominations include John Batiste for We Are, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga for Love for Sale, Justin Bieber's Justice, Planet Her from Doja Cat, Billie Eilish's Happier Than Ever, Donda from Kanye West, Her's Back of My Mind, Montero from Lil Nas X, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour, and Taylor Swift's Evermore. Here they are discussing that highly competitive category. So Leah, who do you think has this category? Album of the year. I think it's Olivia's To Lose, but then I also think of older Grammy voters putting on Sour and getting the first song and feeling angry and confused, even though it is probably my favorite song on the record. I think when they hear those guitars and they hear the feedback, they may be like, this is not my driver's license. This is not my beautiful house. You know, <laughs> this is not my beautiful wife, whatever. They may object. And I wonder, having watched Billy and Phineas win an Oscar the other night and having seen Billy take song two years in a row, right? There is a world where she could squeak through again because the Grammys seem a little addicted to her. You know, and Oscars, and I, I feel this girl's going to eat that before she can legally rent a car. Absolutely. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I would keep that in mind. I think you can absolutely, obviously, strike Kanye off the list because Kanye's not even allowed at the ceremony, and pretty much nobody liked that record. I, I enjoyed the, the the Bieber record, but this is clearly not his year. In some ways, I'd actually really like to see Dojo win this because I think it's the definition of sort of, it, it is kind of a no skips record. Well, record of the year has also become a highly coveted prize at the awards. Will it go to Rodrigo's driver's license, Doja Cat's Kiss Me More, or Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, or maybe one of the others? Tune in to the Grammy Awards Sunday night 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And be sure to check out our live red carpet show on EW.com. That kicks off at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. Richard Linklater is currently at work on a film adaptation of what Stephen Sondheim musical starring Ben Platt and Beanie Feldstein? Is it Company, Merrily We Roll Along, or Sunday in the Park with George? Let's roll along to the answer. Yeah, it is Merrily We Roll Along. In yet another of Linklater's cinematic experiments, the movie will be shot in pieces over the next two decades to capture the story span of 20 years. You thought boyhood was ambitious. 
That is our show for this weekend. We will have more news and must-see picks for you next week, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina and Callie Shep, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, hosted and produced by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson.